Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond? From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the AT Show. What are we talking about this week, Giles? Well, this week we're talking something very nice, something close to our hearts. We're doing a giving back special. So this week it's all about kindness with our sponsors, Kind Snacks. And we're talking about being kind, ways to be kind in London, ideas for being kind. Charity events. Charity events, what kindness means to us. Just just being kind. Today is actually International Day of Happiness, the day that we're recording. So we thought it was a nice day because we've been talking about things that make us happy to, uh, to talk about giving back. What makes you happy? Uh, Nutella. Mm, but Nutella, don't think it makes the environment happy. So... <laughs> Probably, probably not the best one. Um, so, you know, simple pleasures make me happy. Simple pleasures. Like when you're really hot in the night and then you stick your leg out of the duvet and then you cool down. Yeah. Do you ever like flip your duvet? Mm, flip your pillow? Oh, okay. Don't flip, oh, you flip the duvet over? Yeah. Controversial. It's, quite nice. it's like an icy blanket. Where I went um, to school, it was very popular, um, a sport called mattress tipping. And um, basically in the night, the boys would wake up and go to the young years and two of them would flip over their mattress and there were so many broken noses. It was it was like a real epidemic of mattress tipping. It didn't make me happy. <laughs> you Did your mattress ever get tipped? No, they only did it to boys. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Thank God for that. Any, any more happy... <laughs> any more happy memories? What food makes you happy? Sunday roast. Mmm do you know what it is 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 i've grown up with sunday roast. honestly religiously every sunday my mum sweltering in summer and she would put a sunday roast on the table and winter and i just i love sunday roast what's your favorite thing about sunday roast uh yorkshire puddings Mm. because when we had leftover yorkshire puddings um if you ever had like honey on a yorkshire pudding or like or like golden syrup really yeah it's It's, a thing jam it's really nice. Oh, ah, okay. So you, I didn't really know that they could be a sweet vehicle. Yeah. And she like, and we'd have, fr- we always family would come around on Sunday and she'd be like, you know, cooking the roast. And then she'd come in with like three desserts. She'd be like, I'm so sorry, guys. I've only made three desserts. I'm like, mum, you've made three desserts. Like it's, it's more, it's going to feed the whole village. It's nice. Those things that you grow up with that oh, you're very fond of. Sunday roast. I think really, really. I love a pub quiz. It's the same with me and Friday night dinner. Like yeah. every Friday without fail, we have chicken soup, challah bread noodles in it and it's just it's just it feels like a friday it signals the weekend to me yeah and i think for me that's what a sunday roast is like it's coming to the end of the week starting your week in style it's nice just bringing it so if you want to do more kind like spread kindness around london and want to do more things for the charitable sides of them give me some ideas this year well menus <laughs> a lot of menus that are making a change but um so there's a new social initiative. It's called Cake and Cucumber. And they're basically doing an, hosting an event and they bring together five courses from the best supper clubs, street food and artisan producers in London. So this is happening on Saturday, the 14th of April. And they've got amazing inspired, Middle Eastern inspired dishes from Butcher and Bab, uh, the Dinner Ladies, Laura's London, Portobello Attic. And they basically put a full menu together. And it can be veggie if you want. It can be meaty. Um, and yeah, it's happening on the 14th of April. And it supports Wango Kaja Foundation, which has rolled off my tongue there. 
Wangu Kaja Foundation, which is a foundation in Nairobi and Kenya, um, which helps women um, who have been the subject of gender-based violence. So a fantastic cause. It's £40 for a ticket and it's bring your own booze, which everyone likes. I love a BYOB. Yeah, so menu's making change. I like it. It's snappy. It's a good idea. And that's happening in East London, obviously. At Bank and Bear. <laughs> for animals, there is a special event taking place at St Pancras called Doggy Dream Homes. And basically, they've got okay. really famous architects from around London, kind of renowned artists, multi-award-winning designers, uh, Zaha Hadid Architects as well, her foundation. And they've basically co-designed homes um, for dogs, so for dog lovers, these like tiny little homes, and they're on display at St Pancras. Um, and they're on display throughout April. And then on the 26th of April, they're doing an auction, and they're hoping to raise a million pounds for Blue Cross Animal Rehoming Centre. Isn't that cute? That's really nice. I mean... It's ambitious. How much would you pay for a designer doggy home? Mm, like £50. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're the market, to be honest. don't think you are. Is £50, <laughs> do you think that would get me far? You might be able to get like one piece of mosaic off like a tile. I mean, can I ask, Anne Robinson um, from The Weakest Link fame has um, made a doggy home. How much do you think Anne Robinson's doggy home can like go for? God, I haven't heard of Anne Robinson in a while. Mate, she's doing doggy homes. Um, loads of. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to take back in the auction, though, that's on the twenty sixth of April, twenty eighteen, at the St Pancras Renaissance London Hotel. Great. There you go. You're not a dog lover either. I do like dogs. I just they. I only like. Sometimes. I only like our dog, which is a nice husky. Mm, big. It's quite a big dog. It's a big dog. It's comforting. Loads more charity events happening in London. Um, action for hung. Action against hunger. Um, is holding movable feasts. Um, and there's one, there's loads actually on, on the 1st of May. So what they do is you can enjoy menus and food in their restaurants, private dining rooms, which is a pretty cool experience. Um, so you've got Jim Carner, you've got Sartoria. Um, you've so got basically lo- restaurants you wouldn't normally go for private dining. Yes. They're opening up their tables. That's a really smart idea. Yes. So it's already, they've already done a couple, um, earlier this month. And yes, and that, this is, they're ending it. They added more dates because it was so popular. Really? If you visit Action Against Hunger's website, you can grab some tickets. But they, you know, you get drinks and you get cocktails. It's not, it's not, it's not a bad price. Mm. 60 quid. Yeah. And places like Hakkasan and Crovadis, like they're restaurants that people get very excited about. And Sartoria. Sartoria is very fancy. Very fancy. Um, and also Polpo are doing a special event uh, with Refuge the UK charity that supports women and children whose lives have been affected by domestic violence um, and they're, it's in honour of Women's Month and they're doing one-off dinners celebrating inspirational women so um, they've got one on the 28th of March at Polpo Soho and there's a talk by Lisa King uh, from Refuge highlighting issues facing women today you've got obviously got great Polpo food as well so D- delicious. I'm seeing a trend here for charitable dinners, supper clubs, like events in London, just bringing together good food and a, a worthy cause. Absolutely. And actually, the last uh, event I think is going to be an, an absolute banger. Um, on the 12th of April, uh, the incredible ladies over at Mam Sham um, are doing their biggest event yet. It's called Girl on Girl. Uh, don't get carried away, people. It's a one night only celebration. Um, that brings together female comics. You've got three girls, um, Cook, the uh, trio of ladies that was in last year's MasterChef, um, for an immersive night of top laughs and delicious food. And all proceeds are going to go to Refuge Women's Centre. Um, there's loads of up-and-coming comedians on the bill. Wicked. Uh, visit Mam Sham. 
dot com for tickets mm, amazing that's that's like two good causes in one because supporting a charity and just getting female comedians in the spotlight which absolutely. is absolutely not, not done that often so that's very cool in terms of like charity more generally in london and like ways to give back we were discussing today like simple kind of ways to give back and i think sometimes with trying to be more kind or trying to be more charitable it can feel overwhelming and not really knowing where to start there's something that i discovered recently that i've been doing which is really cool called it's a website called give as you live and it's really smart you know when someone has a business where you're like i wish i'd come up with that like such a smart idea essentially you sign up you choose a charity of your choice they've got like hundreds to choose from um i chose a jewish charity called jewish care um supporting the people and essentially what you do is you know when you go on a website and you use an affiliate link so say you buy something because a blogger's wearing it and you use their their affiliate link and they get a commission it's that that's the basis but the commission goes to charity so the referral link like the commission goes to charity but what happens if i just go on the website through like google no so what you have to do is you have to go on give on give as you live.com you sign up um and you choose a charity of your choice and then from there you go shopping so you say okay i'm looking for clothes and there's a link to asos and you go on to asos and via give as you live right so it's tracked getcha. so then i so for example i wanted to do a big forever 21 shop before la get some bikinis in i did a huge um haul which i was gonna do anyway but i went through my give as you live tracking link so that they earned a commission and what's also good is they um, have negotiated like higher commission rates than usual because they because it's charitable cause so i think two percent of my shop went to went to my chosen charity that's cool i like really that. cool and it's also just easy to do you just it's it's painless and it takes two minutes and then you're just giving every time you spend and you can do it with waitrose as well which is cool waitrose you can do it with insurers everything so the next time you do a big waitrose shop just go via give as you live give as you live what.co.uk um i believe so cool or just google give us who live just in case um another great charity that we were chatting about earlier is kindly um which is a charity that supports um vulnerable women women around the world um at the moment they're helping women in refugee camps in kurdistan region of iraq but they choose different projects and they collaborate on different projects so at the moment they're working with the lotus flower trust which is teaching women to sew and providing them with tools and equipment to create sellable garments so kind of empowering women in that region um, and helping them create work and have a small income and they've collaborated with paloma faith and they're her official charity partner for her tour and she's done a special kindly ex paloma faith t-shirt which is 20 pounds and all the profits go to their projects so that's cool and it's a very trendy t-shirt i must say it's a nice bit of merch and you're supporting a very good cause love a bit of merch love a hat or a t-shirt um yeah so those are some of our suggestions for ways to be more kind in the capital yes i'm all about kindness just don't be a dick, you know? <laughs> That's what I'd say. Why are people dicks, you know? So let's just be nicer to each other. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, still not got a free Pret coffee, but we can dream. <laughs> coming on up next. Actually, Pret Art. No, they're not anymore. But no. Yes, what? who's coming up coming next? Coming up next, yes? we have Mr. Kind himself. John, who is the head of marketing for Kind Snacks UK, who's going to talk to us about Kind as a brand and also about what kindness means to him. Um, and we have Katie, co-founder of Mush, which is a app for mothers connecting women. What's your favourite Kind bar? Mm, chocolate mint? Or peanut butter one. Chocolate, yeah, the peanut, peanut butter. butter and chocolate is a really nice one, actually. Yeah, You can never go wrong with peanut butter. No, you can't. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode of the AT is kindly sponsored by Kind Snacks. 
If you haven't tried them before, these seriously tasty snacks feature delicious, high-quality ingredients and are rich with wholesome, nutty goodness. Each is made with real fruit ingredients, such as whole nuts and fruits, which are bound together in honey for a delicious and nutritious result. They're also packed with protein, fiber, and heart-healthy fats, plus which will keep you fuller for longer. Kind contains lower levels of total sugar compared to similar snacks you'll find in the supermarkets. You can take your pick from eight bars in the range, which includes amazing favorites such as dark chocolate, nuts, and sea salt, on-trend pairings like the almond coconut, and my personal favorite, Madagascan Villena almond. So as part of our special kindness episode this week, we have some amazing guests on the show. And we're joined now by Katie, founder of Mush App. Hi, Katie. Hello. Thank you for coming. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the app? I can, yeah. So Mush is essentially the easiest way to meet mum friends in your local area. Um, And it came about when I met a girl in a playground about three years ago. And we were both, we both had tiny babies on our fronts and toddlers around our feet. And we're feeling pretty lonely, like we had a day ahead without anyone to see and she came over and chatted me up. I mean, the first time she'd ever used a chat up line. And about three months later, once we'd become really firm friends, we realized um, that that friendship had been a lifesaver to, to the way that we felt about ourselves and about motherhood. And isn't it essential in this day and age that you have mum friends? And why isn't it easier to find them? So, um, yeah, we, we set about creating a, a tool and a platform for mums to connect. And that's what Mush is. That's amazing. And what were you doing previous um, previous to this? So I was in the city. I was a derivatives broker, um, which became kind of untenable when I got married and had kids. It kind of wasn't the right place, I don't think, for a, for a, um, a mum. So I was searching for something to do. Um, tried various entrepreneurial um, kind of paths in in art, in in PR, um, and eventually landed on something that I t- turned out to be an expert in, which was m- motherhood. You know, mm. by complete chance. Um, so yeah, on a path to doing something of my own and, and, and that was it. So how does the app work? So you log, log in, you download the apps, totally free. Um, you set a profile, um, where you live, how old your kids are, a bit about yourself, and then you'll see other mums nearby and you can message them. I mean, it's as simple as that. We were sort of hailed early on as the dating app for mums. Mm. Um, like a Tinder for mums. Essentially, yeah, without the sort of nasty swiping bit. Mm. Um, you could just browse mum, say hi. And that led to um, just a huge demand for not meeting just, just one great friend, but a community of friends. So the apps evolved into a um, a platform where you can also organize meetups and get advice from local mums. And the great thing about it is that you can go on there and post a question, say, about, you know, something you're struggling with, be it around weaning, breastfeeding, and mums are then co- coming together, meeting up in real life. So it's kind of a facilitator for real life meetups rather than just an online... Like a, like a pen pal. <laughs> well, sort of the opposite of a pen pal. That's what I mean, like, yeah. It's not like just that you want online. to meet to me yeah. in real yeah in real time a real life pal <laughs> yeah a real life pal how many how many uh, users are using the app right now so we're um, nearly two years old and we've got 200,000 mums on it across the UK. It's a lot of mums. Yeah, it's a lot of mums, actually. If I ever think about it in terms of filling up a few stadiums, that I mean, that feels pretty, pretty big. Um, and then you read an article about kind of Snapchat that has, you know, millions and tens of hundreds of millions. And you think, Jesus Christ, we've got a long way to go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're growing. And, and, um, and a lot of our, we've got small marketing budgets and a lot of our... Um, 
new mums come on because other people have told them about it so I mean we're, we're heading in the right direction definitely and it's a concept that really could be rolled out in so many different places because it's it's a universal problem loneliness having kids it, it's it's not something that's just London specific hell yeah yeah I mean it's um it's well it's a worldwide issue I think anywhere where particularly if 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 um if it's a culture where women are working and that transition to becoming a mum is so extreme um you just the, the sudden change to becoming a daytime person with with just a little baby um for conversation is, is a really stark contrast to what they've been doing in the rest of their life so i think anywhere where that's the case it's it's very valid so have you seen catastrophe stalks the other mother and you know and the other mom goes back to work and she just like happens to be in the coffee shop around the corner and she's like well you want to get lunch you know and she's yeah, so yeah, desperate yeah, yeah. no to, there is there's this desperation um to meet people definitely was was a safety like anything like is the safety part of it something that you consider because the only thing that kind of strikes my mind is is like giving out your data and where you live and all that kind of stuff how have you implemented that side of the business yeah, look, we approached it. I think the nice thing is, despite not having any app experience ourselves, we were mums and we knew what was important. So um, we knew that last names was probably not a good thing to do. Um, putting the exact location of where a mum is was also a safety concern. So um, we show only the essential information, which is how far away a mum is, mm. vaguely, um, and in the vague direction. And, uh, and you know, no other personal information. So... Um, Plus, we have loads of safety stuff on the app about meeting up in a public place and that yeah. sort of standard nice stuff. Part. Yes, <laughs> where um, you know you can't be handled. But um, no, we've been really lucky. We haven't had any um, any nasty users apart from the odd Saturday night seems to lead to a few guys trying their luck, which is really unfortunate. But oh, they God. quickly get reported and removed. I'm delighted to say. <laughs> That is. That's like the depths of desperation. Oh, how did you see me on a mama? Yeah, it feels a bit like about a boy when he pretends to be a parent <laughs> and goes to the single parents alone together. Yeah, yeah, just replacement. <laughs> so I imagine a lot of your own personal experience of being a mum went into the business. Um, so you were, were you feeling particularly lonely at that time when you met your business partner? Desperately lonely, um, really, and, and, and happy to admit that. And I think that's been a bit of a a change in the last few years is this openness about what a like motherhood is great but my god it can also be tough and it mm. can also be a very solitary experience um yeah I mean I did everything I trawled the internet for ways to find people that had kids the same age that I could just I used to walk along the street and hope that a mum might spot me through the window and kind of invite me in for a cup of tea it's, it's really sad yeah um but I think but it's not sad. I think it's the, it's it's the reality of it is that we have this image in our minds that you have kids and then like it's so wonderful and I'm sure all of that is. But there's so many signs of it that aren't talked about that what yeah. it's like to 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 feel lonely or to have changed your environment or your work. Yeah, look, I mean, mums say all the time that mush gives them a bit of sense of purpose back because you just um, your whole perspective changes when you become a mum and and your social group is is yeah I mean your, your mates that you go to the pub with on a Friday night no longer become other people that you want to call up on on a you know Thursday morning when you're struggling to stop the baby crying you just need a different set of, of friends and it's um yeah uh I've kind of lost my thread there <laughs> How many people, have you saying. met a lot of people from the app have I met? Well, it came too late for me, for God's sake. You know, by the time we actually built it, my kids were kind of in, entering that nursery, um, nursery kind of 
landscape and and I think then I mean there's a reason why mush users tend to have kids under three because by the time the kids get into a nursery or school environment you have a really nice social network through through those organizations mm, through school it's the yeah. early kind of the real early stages yeah when I mean if you think about a baby they don't need to go to classes they don't need to, you're you're they're an appendage to you on your daily life and and that existence is basically going to the shops they're, they're even too too young to go to a park or to interact like that so go there's just nowhere to go mm. yeah and going to this going to the pool with a baby and then you're not seeing anyone there and you get in your own head it's it's just not all all it's cracked out to be however the minute you meet a mate you know it becomes as it becomes a really fun experience it's really simple it's amazing it's amazing the work the work that you do is is so like integral to your own experiences and I, ha- yeah, uh, yeah that, that's really I think that's such a fundamental part of a business is that no matter how tough it gets you had that like initial drive and passion because you believe in the product you're selling totally um, and we have such amazing feedback from mums that you know this is doing exactly what we set out to do um yeah no I remember that time I'll never forget it mm. what, what's been the hardest part of running your own business um I think setting up an app business when we didn't have any experience in any tech was of quite an uphill battle um we had to raise investment it's totally free app so that was a new scene to us as well so just a big learning curve but um you know coming back to your point that you've got to live and breathe and and know um the needs that your business is trying to is trying to solve um means that you know you're 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 a lot of the way there the rest you can just learn and google and find experts that can help so um you know, learning that um, most people are just winging it or faking it, you know, that just having the confidence in your idea um, was was the biggest turning point for us. Um, I remember pitching for money and from from one pitch to the next, one pitch went terribly and, you know, people essentially thought that it was a, you know, really sweet idea, but, you know, but, but I'm not going to give you money. To, for God's sakes, this needs to happen. And we're the people that will deliver on it and we back ourselves and that totally that that next pitch just went really really well and mm-hmm. it was just a change in our mindset is so, yeah seeing yourself properly and setting yourself up in a way that like with confidence yeah confidence is everything so easy people just download the app yes from the app store that's Set it. profile yeah it will take you like three minutes and um you'll very quickly see a lot of mums nearby they're all on it for the same reason so there shouldn't be any, uh, you know, nervousness or shyness about reaching out. Um, and hopefully you can find value from it, even if you don't have the uh, confidence to initially reach out to people, because you'll see local conversations going on and uh, find, you know, a lot of use from it anyway. Well, and what's, what's next for Mush? What's in the pipeline for this year? So we are widening um, the local chat feature so that um, more mums can discover top... Uh, questions and advice around topics that, that matter to them so that's a big um change for us it's no longer just your local area but but kind of hopefully more useful lots of lots more mums will be able to um pile in and, and offer advice on things that you, you care about um i mean a calendar feature loads more meetups we've we've really seen the demand from mums having places to go that are free nice meetups like in restaurants and cafes um that means they don't have to fork out for classes so a, a lot more of them fantastic wait thank you so much for joining us thank, thank you. you from food to fitness bars to going out this is the at the about time podcast 
And here's this week's News in Brief. Up first, celebrate um, the first bank holiday of the year with a bottle of Prosecco, unlimited pizza, cocktail on arrival, glitter painters, music and, of course, social darts. The Glitter Brunch is back at Flight Club uh, and will run from the 31st of March to the 2nd of April. You can grab the tickets from the Flight Club website. Secondly, the UK's largest German beer festival returns to Alexandra Palace this Easter. For one night only on the 30th of March, the iconic Great Hall will be transformed. And there'll be rows and rows of benches. There'll be a shit ton of beer. There'll just be some good times flowing about. If so, if you want to get boozy, um, also visit Alexandra Palace's website for the tickets. And street food vendors Greedy Cow have announced their first bricks and mortar pop-up. Their plant-powered journey through Thailand is a five-course vegan Thai feast, showcasing iconic dishes from Thailand's southern, northeastern and central region- regions. And it's happening at Spike and Peckham on Saturday the 31st of March. Um, grab tickets from Spike and website. And that was this week's News in Brief. So we're back as part of our special kindness episode. We have Mr. Kind himself, John, marketing um, head of marketing for Kind Snacks. I called him Mr. Kind. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> That's yeah. your new name. I've renamed you. Um, can you tell us about Kind Snacks, please? Yeah. So uh, Kind, we make uh, essentially we make healthy snacks. So we're originally from the US, where we have everything from bars to granola to breakfast bars but in the uk we we have our core bars which are just the uh, nuts and spices uh, fruit bars fruit and nut bars oh i didn't know that they did granola in the states that's exciting yeah so we're a pretty big company um in the u.s in terms of i don't know health health and wellness food and drink um so we have about 100 products in the u.s really so, we're uh, going there well we're going to la so we will go and eat oh. all the kind products what, what yeah. are some of the more exciting things that you can get in the states so the granola is pretty good. Yeah. It is. That's my favorite product that Kind do. Um, but then the breakfast bars are really good. And we have uh, we have something in the US called Sweet and Spicy, Ooh. which are like, I don't know, we have like a Korean barbecue flavor and uh, a sweet chili bar flavor and something the UK has never seen. Oh, it's so it's amazing. like a cereal bar, but sweet and spicy. I wouldn't say that's a cereal bar, but it's 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 a bar. It's, it's something I've no one's ever had in the uk Ooh, so look out spicy. for that yeah um we're picking some up yeah the first thing yeah. i think first day in america we're just going to yeah. the supermarket and go mad i love american supermarkets so excited so much variety there's so much space you'll see kind everywhere as well you you can't yeah, move without they do they do there. like to get about a bit don't they yeah <laughs> as a as a brand what's different about kind and like what if people hadn't tried them before what's special about the brand so i think the main thing is is we our product ethos is ingredients you can see and pronounce. So if anyone's seen our bars, they have a huge window on the front of them where you can really see in and see our products. So we only use whole ingredients, so whole nuts, whole fruits bound together with honey. Um, so traditionally in the UK, you get a lot of sort of mushed up fruit and, fruit and nut bars, which are great, but we're just a little bit different in terms of we minimally process our bars. Mm. So that's the main difference. So they're big, big and chunky. I'm a, I'm a big fan of kind. <laughs> Shut Fantastic. up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am. Yeah, I like it in tea. You know. Yeah. Dip it in tea, the caramel and almond one. So what um, what are your favourites are? The cal- uh, the almond and coconut's very nice. Peanut butter and dark chocolate's very nice. 
the caramel and almond, a bit like salty, a bit sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember the first things. time I had one, I was getting on a flight um, to, it was a lot, I don't know where I was going, but somewhere long haul. And I had my first ever kind bar and I was like, what is this? I was like, what is this madness? Because they're so much chunkier and nicer. And I'm used to, like you said, all the things that are smushed up. It's delicious. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been in the UK for just over two years now. So we're still, people are still trying kind for the first time all the time. And it's the first thing they say is like, it's so, so real compared to anything we've had before. So, And there's yeah. such a movement now towards, towards real food and real whole snacks. Like I think snack, the snack market has really changed and they used to be like snacking was this really unhealthy thing and you had Oreos and you had Doritos, but now there's such a huge market. Like everyone's gone whole foods mad and the snack market's really, it's such a twist on it. Yeah. I mean that. I think that's why we're doing we're doing so well at the moment, and other other brands are doing well as well because, you know, traditionally you go fit free chocolate bar as a treat, but now you don't have to. Now you can have a healthier healthier bar as a treat because it tastes as good as well as that that functional benefit as well. So um, I think it's only going to get bigger from here mm. for sure. I suppose there's a fine balance as well between the things that are healthy and then the stuff that's like a bit of a fad because I think that people have also really jumped on the superfood bandwagon and. I, I I have a bit of a, a peeve about it because I feel like superfoods are added in to so many things where it's like actually I don't chia I don't yeah I don't Stop need it like with a, the chia guys <laughs> I don't need like a Chelsea bun with lacuma in it you know yeah. and that seems to be what happens a lot so I think just things like you said that are whole and and good for you but without being super fancy or kind of intimidating yeah especially us Brits I think we just want something simple at the end of the day mm. and uh, we're quite simple yeah I, I mean I yeah. didn't want to say I'm simple but. <laughs> No, I, it, that's the thing. I, I don't want to be told, you know, this is, has a, a million different benefits when actually you only need a couple. And, it's also yeah. the obsession with having health benefits at every part of your day is that you can go out for a coffee, like you don't need to get a golden milk, like turmeric latte. You can just have something that isn't full of benefits. It's really good to have them when you can, but I don't think every meal needs to be like super high in benefits. Chocolate's not going to kill you people. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like probiotic chocolate and those kind of stuff. I think um, <laughs> we can go a bit far with it. I agree. <laughs> so um, what, what's in the pipeline for Kind this year? Any exciting products you're allowed to talk about? So we are just about to launch two new products and it, they're just extension to our range. So we are bringing out two amazing flavors. So the first one is dark chocolate almond um, mint. Mm-hmm. So we're really playing on that traditional sort of dark chocolate um, mint flavor. Uh, so that's coming out and it's going to be available in, 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 in Waitrose and Sainsbury's. And then we're also bringing... Uh, a UK first, which is a, our um, pomegranate blueberries pistachio bar as well. Wow, yeah. interesting. That's quite unusual. I quite like the sound of that. But I feel like pistachios aren't used that much in kind of everyday bars. It's in my top three nuts, actually. Is it? <laughs> pistachios in my t- one in my top three. It nuts. would be in my top three, but it's too much effort. Like I like a snack where I can just go to town and it's, you've got to this the is shells. For you then. This yeah, is exactly. No shells in this bar. No shells. It's made for me. And we're also lazy. this is the only bar that I know of that has pomegranate full pomegranate seeds in it how but how are they dried they are they are dried but it's again like all our bars we we are bind it together with honey as well so it keeps it moist as well so it's a okay. really that's really, good really cool yeah. oh, very exciting i love pomegranate especially in persian food they put pomegranate on everything it's delicious um so how do you think kind helps you lead a better life because the theme of our um, episode this week is about kindness mm-hmm. how do you think um the work that you do kind of helps you feel better about the world so one of our sort of foundations um, of the company uh, is our sort of, we call it the movement side of, of, of our business. So um, it's, a lo- it's a long backstory to our, to our business, but we have uh, a team in the US and, and, and a small team in the UK that 
is our core team that um, run our kind foundation. So whether it's a, a charitable donation or we give our time to a food bank, for example, we always try and get out in the community. So from that side, you know, it's one of the reasons I came to kind in terms of, you know, you get to benefit your local community as well. So it's not these huge charities, but it's more, um, how do we have a positive impact around us? So we, we, we partner with City Harvest, which is a food bank. Uh, but then we, we, we've done work with Action Against Hunger and, and other stuff like that. So, um, for me, that, that's one of the sort of the main reasons I came to kind and, and how, you know, ask myself the question, how can I, be a better person but also you know do what i love as well so it's sort of rolled into one for me have some positive impact on the world as well yeah yeah and it for for us is it is really important and and whenever we hire people so we're only a small team of 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 10 people but everyone we've hired so far that's been part of the interview process in terms of like is this important to you we don't want it to be a chore this is this is important to us so is does that fit in with them as people as well yeah finding people that kind of share the passion for the brand and the ethos as well right yeah i mean Alyssa, we're pie cookers we cook the pie it's our pie and we just we cook it we come into work and we put just just do. I'm basting yeah. the pie. She's basting the pie. We and- use a lot of pie analogies. <laughs> when I first got the job, I was like, you've got a Waitrose pie. I'm currently working at an Iceland pie. Yeah, I want the Waitrose pie. She wants an upgrade. That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 I so- got that straight away. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so if people would like to try Kind, if they haven't tried them already, in Whole Foods, Planet Organic, Waitrose, I presume you can get them online as well. Yeah, so uh, right now we're available in, in, in all the big big ones so tesco sainsbury's waitrose and then all over london we're in whole foods etc but um we've just gone live on amazon Mercado as well so fantastic so you can get, get your kind of fits well, we're very excited about going to america and trying the whole kind range i'm i'm packing i always pack um snacks for the flight because i never eat on the plane uh-huh. so i always i, I pack like Don't i'm going on a 10-hour expedition <laughs> <laughs> to be fair like the flight is 10 hours so it's fine <laughs> yeah that's a long old flight well you don't have to pack kind for when you get there because no. it's going to be everywhere <laughs> can't get away from them <laughs> I, want, I want some branded we're gonna, merch yeah next. we're going to be brand ambassadors when we're out there <laughs> okay. thanks thank, so much thank for coming. you for joining no, us thanks for having me this is the AT the About Time podcast so Giles where have you been eating this week so where have I gone this week well last night I went out for dinner with my godmother who's super trendy in a very kind of quiet casual way and she was like oh I know this little Turkish place it's like around the corner from me and um, I'm sure you'll really like it it's very low-key and I was imagining some like brightly lit Turkish grill restaurant and she took me to Yozma which is this very trendy place in Baker Street um it got tons of press when it opened the interior design is incredible it's all very low lit and I you know we walked in and everyone's drinking these any Iraqi cocktails and I was like oh this isn't like a Turkish grill like I was imagining it's a, a very uh, a modern contemporary Turkish grill quite um, a large restaurant isn't it's it massive. Like, I walked it's past a- it the day and I was like that restaurant is fucking massive it is a big space it's a lot of it's it's a big space and the, the downside of being a big space is even if it's not um empty it can feel quite empty that's the one thing i say there's probably a handful of other tables but because it's such a big space it it does feel um maybe a little bit lacking atmosphere um however food is so good and really really lived up to the hype i mean it's it's one of those restaurants that you've seen all over instagram in particular which i'll talk about they have a tahina fondant so like a chocolate fondant you kind of cut it down the middle and it oozes out but it's tahina so it tastes a bit like halva and that is the thing that has been like all over instagram for months and yeah definitely lived up to the hype um the food is 
contemporary in the sense that you usually think of Turkish food and you think massive plates of rice, massive plates of meats, like really, you know, not aesthetically pleasing food. Yozma is a, is a real twist on that in that it's small plates, it's meze, very much about presentation to the point where I did leave a little bit hungry because they kind of took small plates to the extreme and they were pretty small. However, like it's really delicious. And I think because they're using pretty high quality food and there's a lot of attention that's gone into the food, they kind of can't do more of it. So things like octopus, it just says octopus on the menu, but it was actually like octopus carpaccio that was finely sliced with loads of little garnishes. And it's it's quite fine dining for Turkish. Mm. So if you're wanting like a really hearty Turkish meal, like you'd get in Istanbul, like don't go to Yozma. But if you want something quite trendy and quite dainty, I'd recommend it. So a couple of things that we ate that were really good. Um, obviously I had veggie stuff, but... We had some artichokes with smoked carrot, broad bean and dill. Very tasty. We had um, some pit roasted beetroot with a, a garlicky yogurt and pomegranate and um, a really, really good tomato and walnut salad. So all kind of fresh, quite light and a lot of sweet flavours in there as well, which I know isn't your favourite thing. Mm. But it, was, it wasn't it was overpowering. And just a lot of pomegranate because they just used... They put pomegranate on everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. And the highlight of the meal was definitely the tahina cake. Um, it was just out of the swell with hazelnut ice cream. Just amazing. Sounds delicious. Yeah, I, yeah. Just blew my mind. It honestly blew my mind. So I would say don't take someone with a big appetite unless you're willing to spend a lot. Because, you know, small places never... In, there, there are mains. I probably should say that. That it is meze and mains. And they were like, get a couple meze and a main. But actually, if we're getting a couple of meze and a main, when a main's £18 Oof. and a meze is like seven quid each, that's that's really expensive. So we just went just pure meze, which probably wasn't enough. And we probably did need a main or two. Um, yeah, so it's not the most wallet-friendly, but a fun experience and not something that I found in London before. So I'd recommend it just for like, if you're into the dining scene, I'd, I'd say it's one of those places you kind of have to visit. For sure. And how about you? Where have you been eating? Well, I went to Berlin. Okay. The country, not... Yes, yeah. Got on an easy jet flight, very cheap. Luton Airport. Shit, that's a shit hole, isn't it? Luton Airport. But it's on the up. They've got a Banugo now, people. Um, but obviously I go to prep because... How I roll. It's an airport. I'm really just not a fan of losing airport. It's, it's, on, it's, it's it is, really dark. It's honestly it? the worst airport. Yeah, I agree. It's on the bottom. Also, Stansted's not in London. <laughs> not in London. Yeah, so, so I went to what Berlin. Did you, what, what's the Berlin food scene saying? Um, Berlin food set. Berlin food scene is saying delicious things to me. Yeah. Um, obviously, didn't go that high end. Really. Um, went to Burgermeister. Is it very meaty? Um. My mates, who I went with, is vegetarian. And it was good because we actually went to this burger place and she, we went to the same burger place twice in two days. Um, really? Because she had, with vegetarian burgers, you almost get like a bean patty and it doesn't really mimic like a proper beef burger. And she got this soy burger. All the burgers are cooked fresh and she got this like soy burger. And honestly, the texture was like meat really yeah and it was like and she was like you know what this is good because you don't soy burgers are not that big in london no um yeah you tend to have like a vegetarian patty thing and it's always really dry it's so dry and no amount of condiment and do you know what like yes you're vegetarian but no one has to endure a bloody bean patty and mm. um, so it's called burgermeister it's a bit of a, a german icon 
um, because there's not really a lot of like McDonald's or anything. But the good thing about it is you can pick a burger, top it with bacon, cheese, like jalapenos, and they all cook it fresh. Um, and they do the most unbelievable cheesy chips. I added caramelized onion onto mine. Ooh, I like something where you can like pimp it with toppings. Yeah. That appeals to me. Um, I got the chili cheeseburger. Um, and it was just so cheap. And it was so amazing. And I would really recommend Burgermeister if you haven't been to Berlin. Whereabouts in Berlin is it? Um, can't, can't, Google, Google map it, people. Uh, just to make sure you get. Also, Uber's really expensive in Berlin. Really? Yeah. Um, Hotel Zoo, um, if you're looking to stay in really trendy accommodation. What I would, obviously they've gone on the zoo theme. You know, oh, the, really? there's like leopard carpet and, you know. Is it tacky? No, it's really, okay. Because I would think that sounds tacky, like a safari hotel. It's not like, okay, it's not like to the nth degree, like we're going on a safari, let's put my khaki pants on. But there's like a lot of like models of like sphinxes. But you go into the lift and this is where it just totally changed. And there's, if you can imagine the size of the lift, usually in lift, there's a mirror. On both sides of the lift, there's fake paparazzi holding like cameras with light bulbs, like the, you know, the thing. If you're going from reception to your room, as soon as you go in and the doors close, it's like you're in like, you've walked into some sort of like red carpet event. Well, well, when we got in at like five o'clock in the morning after we've been to like a club and we were like a bit, out of it and then these like lights flash like if someone was like had epilepsy like it was quite it's a bit yeah probably they used to put a warning on them yeah it was a bit so but the rest the the rooms are really really nice if you're a mitchenberger hotel i'd recommend we went to a cracking um um pizza place near bikini hotel bikini is it a bikini hotel also themed um do you know what i don't know uh, i imagine maybe the, the germans have a thing for themed hotels maybe they do it was really good a fake beach in it <laughs> they've got a really nice rooftop bar at the bikini hotel people but you know you pay for that you pay for that um this was a really good italian place it's it just put an italian place google it i can't remember um, that that's, that doesn't help me. I, I do remember what it is, but I can't pronounce it, Giles. Oh, okay. So, right. It's like Losteria. Losteria. That's it. The pizza place? Yes. And what kind of pizza did you have? Parmigiana. Parmigiana love, pizza? Love a Parmigiana pizza. So it had aubergine on it? Yes. Ooh. Thin slivers of aubergine and loads of parmesan. But if you can imagine pizzas, but they were over the plate like they are humongous so we shared that got parmesan pizza and then we got some really nice um ravioli and a delicious the most garlicky cream sauce i've ever had but i love garlic and i love cream um okay. and it was really good in a cheap cheap carafe of plonk and honestly if you're in berlin i know it's not you know german food and you probably want to try Some the local worst. delicacies which is cool but this pizza was just knockout it was sensational the parmigiana was just i'm telling you don't go for the starters the, the, but people eating bread baskets before their pizza i commend them because this pizza was bloody massive it sounds like you had a lot of fun yes it was good very cold okay. berlin in march very cold <laughs> wrap up warm 
Um, so this has been our special kindness episode. We've been talking all things charitable and doing good in the capital, as well as Parmigiana pizza. And if you'd like to follow us, it's at the underscore AT show on Twitter. At Alicia underscore Grimshaw. And at Jelly Malin. And we'll be back next week where we will be talking about books and other delightful things. been listening to the AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a Candy Store production for About Time Magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit ketzermusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to jovalondon.com for more information. 